0: Now back to Fitness Fanatics on 93.7 The Ticket and TheTicketFM.com. All right.
1: Welcome in to the Fitness Fanatics. We're, we're now going to talk about health and fitness on the show. We talked
2: about it a little bit in the first segment. More than usual, actually.
1: Yeah, not a lot of sports in the first segment. Nope.
2: Good job. Good job, fellas.
1: But we are going to talk about sports with Tina because yep. I know who her favorite NFL team is. Yep. But we'll get that get to that in the next segment. Mm-hmm. So we are joined by Tina McNamara. How are you?
3: I'm doing great.
1: <laughs> awesome. Are you at the gym right now?
3: I am at the gym.
1: Oh, and, that's awesome.
3: I was nervous to do it at home with the five kids. I didn't think I could have quiet for a full
1: hour and a half so well that I mean, if, is
2: a uh, good thinking there if yes. you
1: want you can tell the kids that the show is actually five hours
2: <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to know <laughs> we'll yeah. just That's keep so straight we'll just replay it over and over again you can get a bunch yeah. of stuff done
1: yeah just say oh well we had to record something <laughs> for later I mean they're I don't they're probably not listening right now so you could probably get away with they it might right be. they yeah. might be listening <laughs>
2: We have one kid at home, but also four animals. And I wouldn't want to do the show from our house just with the animals, not not even counting kids. So yes, that's yeah. a good call.
3: Kids, <laughs> animals are very similar.
2: Yeah.
1: All right, All right, Tina. Well, this first segment, we just want to get have our audience get to know you a little bit. So just give us a little bit about your your background pre starting ferals. Like w- what was your life like? pre Ferrell's extreme body shaping two years ago?
3: Um, I mean, I had a good life. Um, I worked at Anderson windows in corporate America for 18 years. Um, I should back up even further. You know, I went to high school, I played sports, went to college, played sports for a couple of years. Um, graduated, started working, um, using my business degree right away. Um, worked for 18 years at Anderson windows. And then when COVID hit, we had four young kids in school at the time and They couldn't do Google Classroom alone, so we decided that I needed to stay home. So I quit my job, which I thought is what I needed at the time. Um, But then fast forward a year, year and a half after quitting my job, and I was miserable. Um, I didn't realize how much I needed the outside interaction, you know, getting up, going somewhere, feeling important, accomplishing something. And so I was just like in this tailspin, this grind of taking care of the kids, taking care of the house, never doing anything for myself. You know, people think when you don't work that you have all the time in the world, but it actually feels like the opposite. It's so hard to carve out time or to feel like you deserve to do something like, you know, like if I was going to work, I felt like, hey, I went to work. I worked eight hours. I should do something for myself. Right. But if I was just at home, I felt I know I wasn't, but I felt worthless, you know, and it just got exactly
2: why I started Ferrell's. But this was like 17 years ago when I became a stay at home mom to two small children. It's exactly the same. It was the hardest job i've ever had so yes i completely understand
3: yeah so i was just like in this dark, dark hole and like i was miserable you know i kind of had lost touch with a lot of my friends co-workers things like that and you know it was i was pretty depressed i think at the time i didn't think so i just thought this is what it means to be an adult like you know i take care of my kids i do the laundry i do this i do that like we go to sports we run them here we run them there and i just thought like this is just what we do every day like You know, like nobody tells you, but this is what you find out as you get older. You know, you're 40, you know, you look at all the mom and dad bods at all the sporting events and you think like, yeah, that's that's just who we are. We don't have time for ourselves. We don't deserve time. Like these little humans we're raising are the most important things and Mm
0: -hmm. you get stuck
3: and you can't see past that. Like and I got to the point where all of my joy was coming from the kids like and I didn't know it at the time how unhealthy that was. You know, like I was never happy for myself or proud of myself like the days where I was happy or something good happened, it was because the kids scored a goal or got an A on a paper or had a perfect conference. Like there was nothing that I was proud of myself for. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was so unhealthy. Like I got to the point where like, you know, I thought running away was the only option. Like I love my family more than anything, but I felt like I needed a change so bad. Like I didn't know how how to do it. Like I felt trapped. I wasn't trapped. The door was unlocked. I could have walked out at any time, but like, I felt so trapped. Like I honestly, at one point told my dad that I needed to run away to Alaska and start over. Mm -hmm. Like I just wanted to see if I could make it on my own and prove that I could do something for myself. You know, that seems so extreme now, but when I was in that mindset, it felt like the only change needed to be so drastic. Like it wasn't great.
2: (laughs) Yep. That's understandable. I I think a lot of people have those. They don't, Maybe think about it as much. And like you said, you didn't know it at the time. But in hindsight, you yeah, see yeah. that. So I think that is a very common story for people, especially as you have children. Your children are growing up. The ch- your children are becoming more independent. And then you just like look at yourself in the mirror and you don't even recognize yourself anymore. Because you have been pouring all of your time and energy into other people.
1: Well, and I want to <laughs> go back to your sports life. In high school and college, so what sports did you play in high school and college? Like, what was your what was your best sport that you did?
3: Well, in high school, I was the uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Um, I mean, I was probably best at basketball, um, but I did all the sports. Um, I have the the school record for lettering in the most different sports. Um, oh, so, like, like
1: have you ever seen the, Have you ever seen the show The Middle?
2: you you're, you're like Sue Heck. Except she, yeah. went out, she went out for everything and never made it. So you, yeah. <laughs> you put in I, I made it. So I did.
3: Oh. I, I did everything. You know, like in the fall one year, I ran cross country for a couple of years. and I played tennis. You know, the one consistent sport for all four years of high school was basketball. Yeah. Um, but then, like, I did track. I did Softball. I played hockey. Um, so.
1: And but where? Where, 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 did, where up, did you grow up?
3: I grew up in New Richmond. Uh, New Richmond, home of the Tigers. Uh, class of 1998. Um, we had some good teams. We, we were successful. Um, it was a good group, you know, and then I went on to play basketball in college at Stout for a couple of years. And while I was at Stout, they asked me to join the tennis team. I wasn't like, I wasn't like Andre Agassi, Pete Sampras, no, but um, I had more, more skills like- than some of the people and they were short team members. So I got to play college tennis for a year too. So. Oh, that's I awesome. Journey.
1: Yep. What I, I always like asking people this question too, like, what is your defining sports moment when you were in high school or college like where you're i kind of call it the al bundy bragging you know four touchdowns she graduated the
2: same year as me so she should understand that a lot of times we have younger people and they don't get that reference they're like but, what's married to children right
1: <laughs> no, so, i probably get that reference <laughs> yeah so what is your al bundy moment that you can go back and say this this is really awesome i did this when i was in college or high school any moments like that
3: I mean, I made it to state in uh, track and tennis, um, but the thing that probably defines me is also probably the, the most heartbreaking. Um, we lost the sectional final to go to state my senior year in basketball, um, and it was close. And you know, I feel like we still deserved to win that game. So that will always stick with me. Um, and it was just a, a you know the accumulation of like all these years, like this same core group of girls. We worked so hard, and we were yeah. so close. Like. You know, down to the final minute of going to state, so I think that's the game, and that was the most success the women's team had had in a, in a few years, um, you know, a few years by like twenty or thirty at Richmond. So it was it was close. Um, that's the moment for sure.
1: Maybe you should try to to recreate that game.
2: Get the team back together, like, or... like
1: on the movie, The Best of Times. Like, <laughs> so funny how they played a game twenty five years later. I've like, never seen that. You movie. should start saying, "I want to rematch." Yeah, right now.
0: That's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah.
2: So after college um, and like before family and kids, were you active? Did you stay active? What did your kind of like life look like in between the time that you started Barrels and like after you were an athlete and then what kind of per- transpired from there?
3: Um, yeah. Like once I graduated college, like I played some like beer league softball, you know, more stuff like that. 5k here, half marathon there. Um, but it, it was a, it was a up and down, you know, like, that's the story of my life actually is I'm fit. I'm fat. I'm fit. I'm fat. I care about what I'm eating. I don't care about what I'm eating. Um, and that's kind of how it was, you know, after I graduated college up until I started having kids and then it was the same, you know, it's like one day I'm super focused. I can be a runner for six months and I'm really good at it. And then I take two or three days off and it's like, I don't need to do that. Like I, I want that 45 minutes back in my day. You know what I mean? It's so it was just a constant yo-yo and you know, like, I'm done with that. It's, it's not a good place to be, you know, like just want to be consistent, you know, with the diet, the exercise, like balance. It's like, I've never had balance. It's all or nothing. Like I am a hundred percent. I'm winning every race or I'm sitting on the couch.
2: Well, <laughs> and it's hard too, because, and we see this all the time. You see this all the time with um, members and stuff and just people where yes, You can stop and start and stop and start, but there is a certain time as you get older, once we get into our late thirties, our early forties, where starting again is so much harder. And like, you don't always know, you don't always know that if you quit this time, the next time you start again, it's going to be five times harder than you've ever had to do. And you don't know when that moment is going to be, but it happens. It's happened to all of us. I mean, it's happened to me. It's happened to you. It happens to me when I stop running, I still, and I've done, I don't know, 30 half marathons, tons of five K's run all the time. But if I take six months, a year off from running, I always think it's going to be like starting over again. And it never is because obviously I stay in shape. I still exercise, but you just never know. And you can play that game until there's going to be a breaking point and you either have to decide to stay consistent or you know, kind of suffer the consequences, I think. Mm -hmm. You just never know when that's going to happen.
3: Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay, so I just, I wanted to get your little moment there. That's why I went back to college. Okay, so before we go to break, what was it that got you to make the decision to join Ferrell's back in, I believe you started back in January of 2022, the Winter Challenge, correct?
3: Correct, January 14th
1: okay so what what was it because we all have those moments where we're like all right <laughs> i have to do something so bring us back to that moment and and kind of take it from there
3: um well leading up to it all fall i had been asked by a couple of friends i'd ran into a couple of people who were in our gym in the program it was actually my high school fire teacher that i hadn't seen in probably 20 years that was like hey i'm at ferrell's it's great it's a great workout you're done in 45 minutes i mean i think she could see how miserable and ashamed of who i had become that she suggested it. And I was like, no, 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 like, that's not for me. And then, you know, it continued where they asked three or four times. And then it just so happened that my older sister got married on December 30th of 2021. And that night at the reception, of course, I had a couple drinks Mm -hmm. and somebody brought it up again. And I was like, just get off my back. Yeah, I can do it. I'll do it. I'm signing up. I'll do it. I can do anything for 10 weeks. So it was definitely a little bit of liquid courage that finally was like, Let's do it. And then I woke up the next day and thought, did
2: I really commit to that?
1: <laughs> We've all been there.
2: I think. <laughs> that's every um, marathon I've signed up for, I swear, was that's how I got roped into it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so
3: yeah, it's not glamorous, but that's how it became about.
1: <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, we're gonna no, take we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little NFL, and then at the top of the hour, we're gonna get into your year-long transformation mm-hmm. story. So stay right with us. Tina McNamara,
0: Fitness Fanatics 937 the Ticket. Now back to Fitness Fanatics on 937 the Ticket and the Ticketfm.com.
1: All right. Welcome back in. Tina, I've I meant to ask you first question when you got on but then I forgot I mean typical guy right Uh, any relation to Cade McNamara the Iowa quarterback no (laughs) okay good now you can stay on the show we just just we're Husker
2: fans obviously we're in Nebraska so
1: yeah. yeah so we we I've only had one Iowa fan on in two years. So it's kind of my I mean, and they have to be really, really special yeah, to be he's a friend.
2: So he's a him. friend.
1: He's been a member of ours for like two years. So yeah. our for like four years. So he was allowed on. So I just needed to make it just clear the air and make sure that, that
2: there was not, no connection there. Okay. No, I'm Wisconsin Badgers all the way.
1: Well, that's not any better. <laughs> yeah, we will
2: not talk about that. Yeah, either we, but yeah that's we're not, not your
1: fault yeah we're not talking about college football <laughs> until august around this show <laughs> so we're just gonna move on yeah. uh to our nfl segment so favorite nfl team i think we kind of all know who this is going to be and how you became a fan or why you became a fan of that team
3: all right it's for sure the packers it has been since i'm old enough to remember uh, giant Packers fan. Uh, <laughs> it's the one thing I've never wavered on. Actually, um, I liked the Packers back in the '80s, early '90s when they were terrible. Um, it was like the Bad News Bears. They were fun to root for. Like, and growing up, we didn't have cable TV, so we didn't see a lot of the games. Like, if it wasn't local, and I'm right on the border of Wisconsin, Minnesota, so a lot of the games weren't broadcast. So, like, my memories are standing in the kitchen with my parents listening to the Packers on the radio with Wayne Larrabee um calling all the games. Um and like the thing I remember the earliest memory is probably like uh Don Mikrowski magic to Sterling Sharp. You know, I go out in the yard and throw the ball up to myself and pretend to be Sterling Sharp making all these catches. Um I had, you know, that cheap twenty nine dollar Packer helmet and jersey <laughs> set from, you know, Target or whatever. Um right. <laughs> I wore that religiously. Like I thought that helmet had padding. I beat my head into the ground with that thing. It did not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just banging so, right your head around like Whoa. Yeah.
3: No, I'm a huge football fan. Like honestly, if I wasn't a, a girl, I would have that would have been my sport for sure. I mean, not that girls can't play football. I don't want to send that message, but like yeah. You know, um pump pass and kick, I was always doing that. Um I would mow football lines into the lawn at our house with the push mower. Um it was it was a big deal. I love the Packers.
1: Now but when yeah. you said when you said Bad news bears. <laughs> yeah, that kind of Were, one hurt. was that a reference to the movie, or that the bears are just bad?
3: It was a little dig at your guys' favorite team.
2: Yeah. Okay, first of all, I am a Packers fan. Let's be clear. <laughs> Jeff is the Bears fan and our our producer Harrison. So I'm surrounded each week by Bears fans and their delusions. But I am a Packers fan.
1: You know, yes. We might be the bad news bears, <laughs> but we just haven't been blessed to have three quarterbacks over the last 35 years.
2: Make better choices.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> in the
2: offseason.
1: Well, that's, I mean, yes, good, good choices, good life, bad choices, bad life. That's what right? our
2: pastor always used to say. Yes. Yeah.
1: Good choices, Patrick Mahomes. Bad choices, <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Right? That's how it goes. Altina, I was so excited <laughs> about opening day this season. It was Bears, Packers, and I was It's like, like
2: you have amnesia every I, single <laughs> offseason.
1: I mean, I was just like, if the Bears can't beat Jordan Love... <laughs> I mean, this is our chance to do it right now. And it was like after the first game, it's just NFL draft order 2024. I mean, and it was here we just, are. Uh, it was I was more disaster. worried
2: that game than you were. I was more concerned about what was going to happen in that game. You were, cause I was like, what are the odds? What are the odds that we're going to have another breakthrough star?
1: Pretty, pretty damn good. right? <laughs>
3: I, I will say I was sell 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 in Jordan Love the first half of the season. It yeah. was yeah, they
1: were yeah it was yeah.
2: I was trying to settle into like mediocrity for a little bit. I was yeah. ready to just settle in, just get comfy with Jeff.
3: Yeah, and I was football. I was ready
1: to to mentor you. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I, I was just,
3: thinking like tank for the draft, tank for the draft.
1: Right, I know. Yes, and <sighs> and. and I, yes, because that's reeled what reeled I think. us
2: back in. Reeled us back in. But we tried. Sorry, we tried to be bad.
1: So the Packers, <laughs> Packers had a great season. Probably should have beat the Niners there in that game. This, you know, it was a little dicey. Mm-hmm. Big lead, um, but when I think you guys were like two and six, or I mean, this wasn't really good, and then ran yeah. off. But or I think really at Thanksgiving, the Dude. win over the the Lions right. was really when. They just took off. I
2: know. And it's Harrison funny. and
1: I, we're still waiting for Justin Fields to take off after three years. I think his completion percentage is up by 2% since his rookie year. So, hey, it's progress.
2: <laughs> keep, him, keep him around.
1: Keep, keep him, yeah. <laughs> He's fast, Jeff. He's pretty fast, though. Oh, my God. So,
2: your family, I'm assuming, yeah. were all Packers fans. because So, you grew up like in the Hudson area. So, it could, you could have gone either way. So I'm assuming like your whole family are Packers fans. Is that kind of how that happened? Yeah, my like immediate family, um, we're all Packers fans,
3: but mm-hmm. cousins and uncles and stuff, some of them wear the dirty purple.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah. There's lots of border battles around here. Like even in the gym when it's Packer Vikings week, it's pretty intense. There's lots of trash talking. Um, mm-hmm. The good news is the Vikings are kind of like the Bears. You know, they're always going to blow
2: it. <laughs>
1: <sighs> this is fun. <laughs> They are, kind of. This, this is not they, but, but they
2: still worry you. You're still worried, though, because, gosh, they do like to spoil. Be little not, spoilers. This
1: is not better times for Bears fans. That's <laughs> well, not how I thought this, this was going to go. We, we, do have, <laughs> we do have a text message. David from a news said, Wisconsin, question mark, you lost me. Now, David, we shut that down. Right, we did. We're <laughs> really not talking fast. about
2: that. It's fine.
1: Yeah, we, we shut it down, and we, we moved on. So we're, we're not, we knew
2: where this was going. We're yeah. getting, trying to get to the Packers.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So Latina <laughs> had to throw that in for the Wisconsin Badgers. But, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a break when we come back at the top of the hour. Back to fitness. Back to fitness. And yeah. we're going to get into your Farrell's transformation from start to finish. So stay with us on 93.7, the ticket, the Fitness Fanatics.
0: Welcome into Fitness Fanatics. On 93.7 a ticket and the ticketfm.com. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Nicole Essig.
1: All righty, welcome back into the Fitness Fanatics. We are sponsored by Integrative Life Choices. ILC is hiring direct support professionals all over the state of Nebraska, full time, part time, days, evenings, weekends. If you're interested, you can apply at ILC.net backslash careers direct support professionals work to ensure a meaningful life for the people they support they work to support people in achieving their hopes and dreams so we appreciate them and their support of our show here uh you can check us out on facebook twitch twitter youtube or alo channel 961 if you're here in nebraska so we are on can be on your television set um So we've been joined by Tina McNamara. Tina won the 2023 national challenge for the ladies. And most of our listeners here know that Mark Onweiler won Mm -hmm. for the guys. Um, So it's pretty cool. We're going to try to have Mark on, even though he's been on so many times with us. But we're going to try to have him on now that he's been officially announced as the winner to see what he's been up to Uh, since that big announcement so we are here with tina and we want to get into your year-long transformation so take us back through the 10-week challenge ups downs of the 10-week challenge yeah how
2: you felt before you started a couple weeks in like everybody who starts ferals starts with that 10-week challenge so Mm -hmm. tell us about how what your 10-week challenge journey looked like
3: well, I will say that I committed to ferals after too much drinking. So, um, when I had to actually come in for that first uh, meeting for the first photo to give some kind of payment method, uh, I didn't even make eye contact with Lisa, the owner here in Hudson. I was so embarrassed and ashamed and terrified. Um, I pretty much said, get this photo over with my, you know, my day one photo I have a cheesiest grin on my face but all the other photos she took i was steering off into the corner of the room like we couldn't use any of those either so um, <laughs> and then you know i basically handed her my credit card and said yes yeah, sign me up for the challenge you know i don't care how much it costs give me the card get me out of here like i was in and out as fast as possible like i don't want any interaction i don't want to know anything about this like you know <laughs> that was the biggest thing like head down get this over with
1: well it is, kinda, it is kind of it is kind of Sometimes traumatizing for people because you're going to get your. It picture, is traumatizing. I
2: remember my ten weeks. It was traumatizing. Well, yes.
1: Now Nicole had her first picture taken by a guy. Yes. So Tina, Super imagine if you would walk in and it was just a guy. Like, hey, take your shirt. And I'm your sure pants there's off. lots
2: of men just who take, take the before pictures, <laughs> but it was traumatizing for me too. That was 17 years ago, and I still remember it. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a tough time. We have this. I have this catchphrase that I tell our members. A lot that they're not special, but it's my way of saying like you're not alone. And so being traumatized, being nervous and uncomfortable during that initial picture does not make you special. It yes. makes you totally normal. That yeah. is the most normal uh experience you're gonna have as far as ferals goes. I always tell people I'd be more concerned if someone was excited to be in this room with me right now yeah. than, yes. than if they're nervous it's for it's the it's before it's picture, it's okay. the after picture, whole different story. Exactly. And you know what? As
3: much as I hated taking that photo, I am so thankful we have that photo. Mm -hmm. I do not remember looking like that. And the thing about your life when you look like that is you're not in a lot of pictures. I have a thousand pictures of my kids. It took me forever to find a couple of photos where I was in them this size. You know, I was always hiding in the background or not in the photo at all. So I'm thankful that we actually have her because I don't remember being that big and nobody remembers me like that. So- anyways, my initial journey, uh, I showed up day, So I signed up, I showed up for the first day and I was terrible. I was nervous. I was dreading it. Um, I had never done a group fitness class in my entire life, you know, like growing up being an athlete and then being a runner. Like I thought I could do it on my own. Like we have a gym in our basement. Like there's no reason I can't do this on my own is what I said, you know, and, and I'm pretty uncoordinated. I mean, I'm like as far as dancing goes, I have no rhythm, you know, everybody in the gym knows it. I'm the last one to catch the beat. I have no problem admitting that. So, you know, the idea of doing this line dancing kind of warm up, was, you know, I, I would never sign up for the high school dance line. Right. So mm-hmm. having to kind of do that, it was, it was <laughs> very humbling. Um, it was tough, you know, and the best thing that happened to me is catching covid. so i had to come in the gym for 3 days and then i had covid, so i had to zoom at home for 2 weeks and that actually gave me a little bit of comfort to be on my own in our gym at home doing the workouts, you know, so i could be doing the warm up and be off beat and nobody was staring at me. and now that i'm, you know, through the process, i know that nobody's actually looking at you. right? But you're just starting out you think everybody's looking at you and everybody cares about you the truth is nobody does and nobody has any time to look at you
2: yeah Uh, we have an instructor that says at ferrell's everybody cares about you and nobody cares about you at the same time like exactly, (laughs) it's that exact same thing but and it's funny because this session for our members um obviously not everybody got COVID, but at the end of week one of this session we had a huge um snowstorm And so a lot of our members did do virtual workouts at the end of the week. And I think that almost helped build some of that kind of, I don't know, resilience to the program that Mm -hmm. they were able to like, they got the first couple of days in the gym, but then they had to do it really on their own. And so when they came back to the gym, they appreciated it so much better. So like, I think that that is a a really cool part of your journey too, that you got to experience kind of both of that.
3: Yeah. So when I came back in, I wasn't, as offbeat you know i could keep up a little bit i wasn't in shape by any means but i was feeling a little bit better and a little bit tiny bit of confidence um but then you know the first two or three weeks i was we dreaded it i started with my sister and we would like have to like come on we got to go to class we got to go to class we joked that we were going to make a paper chain and tear off the days like 59 more classes 57 more classes like You know, like we were actually those people counting on the days, like.
2: (laughs) There's um, nothing wrong with that. That, that is a normal feeling with when you're doing something that you don't want to be doing, but you know, you need to do it. Like, yeah, I want to make a paper chain for doing the dishes every day, just so I can have, you know, proof, visual proof that look what I did. I did it again.
3: (laughs) I I didn't have a whole lot of joy those first few weeks. I'll, I'll be honest. Like I, you know, I wasn't convinced. I didn't want to change my eating. I didn't you know know what i was doing i didn't you know mm-hmm. i was very human and um but then at some point stuff started to click a little bit and then all of a sudden there's a switch that flips right like i need more time like what there's only five weeks left you know you know every day when they would read the word of the week and they'd say it's week six the word of the week is commitment or whatever and i started to think like okay i'm getting somewhere but i need more time like right i'm not ready to be done like i need more time like it can't be week seven already like there's still so many changes. Like I'm getting stronger, this is getting easier. You know, I don't dread coming here, you know? Even the days where I didn't want to come, I left feeling better every every time. So I started to actually look forward to class and you know, I didn't want it to end. Like I'd started dropping some weight at the end and it was like, I kind of wanted to win it. I'll tell everybody I didn't want to win it, but I kind of wanted to win it. I didn't want my photo to have to be on Facebook.
2: <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Also, I didn't want to lose. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I wanted more time. Like I felt like I could have had you know some amazing results coming up. and um, you know, in the 10 weeks was just the beginning. I didn't know it at the time. It felt like the end. but um, I definitely caught some momentum at the end. I ended up losing my first 10 weeks. Um, I, not losing. I was the I won. <laughs> I won. I showed up for mm-hmm. myself every day. I mean, that was the one thing, the first 10 weeks I had perfect attendance. Like that's the one thing I can hang my hat on, you know, Thank like we you. tell all of our members here, like the people who show up every day. They get the results. Um, and it was the first thing I had done for myself in 15, 20 years, you know, and to prove that I could make a commitment and do it every single day. It it was a big deal. It sounds so like not like a big deal, like people who aren't at Ferrell's members don't get it. But when you can show up for yourself every single day for 10 weeks straight, it means something. It really does.
1: Well, yeah. 10 cool. weeks is a long time
2: yeah and you're never and that's what we tell our people at the beginning of the session like this is not going to be there's never a time in your life if you ever look at a time in your life and you snapshot 10 weeks at a time where everything that you had planned for that 10 weeks goes the way you thought it was going to be Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be about a, a workout or nutrition plan it could be anything if you think back to 10 weeks I want to be able to do this new habit or I need to get this project done at work or whatever. It's never going to go as planned. And so I think that's maybe why having getting COVID right at the beginning for you, Tina, was probably the best thing because we see this a lot where people will start barrels and they shut off every other possible part of their life. And they only focus on the 10 weeks and they only focus on the nutrition and they maybe win their session. They have great results, but then The first thing that happens after their 10 weeks that makes them stumble, everything crumbles because they did not find a way to fit it into their life and to overcome those obstacles. So I think that is a big part of the 10-week journey and why that 10 weeks is so important because you're setting up kind of those habits so you can overcome obstacles instead of like just throwing it all away when one obstacle comes. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you see that a lot too.
3: That is a great way to put that um yeah and the other thing is like when i first started i didn't dial into the nutrition right away i would getting here and exercising every day that was huge for me i hadn't exercised in probably 24 months when i started like so just getting the exercise piece down being sore being uncomfortable that workout was enough you know so like i ate whatever i wanted still um you know probably like week three, four, five, whatever. I had my one-on-one with Lisa. She looked at my food log and was like, Oh no, we have to clean this up. You know? <laughs> and if she would have told me that on day one, I probably would have been like, this is too much. It's, t- you're asking too much on day one. Yes. Um, yes. But as you know, if you just take it little day by day, like then I was ready for it. And then I started wanting to know more and learn more. Um, and I wanted to stay after class and figure out how to do a hook, right. You know, or why I didn't have a straight arm on my cross punch, things like that. Like that stuff became important to me. Um, but it didn't happen on day one and and nobody can expect it to.
2: So one of the things that we like to tell people, not even at Ferrell's, but a lot of times to our listeners too on the radio show, when they are looking at making changes to their health and wellness or whatever, to identify the one thing that they can do that's going to make the biggest impact. So for you, it sounds like, your first one thing that you could do was get to the gym was to exercise. But as far as that nutrition goes, once you started dialing in that nutrition, what was your first big one thing that you could change that's gonna make the biggest impact? What was that that thing for you with the, the nutrition?
3: Well, I think actually being honest with myself, um, you know actually logging my food every day it's, it sounds so elementary, but it, it, even to this day, if I start to plateau or start to gain weight, Somebody will call me out and say, Well, have you logged your food lately?
2: <laughs> no, I haven't,
3: you know. And and it, it's it's mm-hmm. that's the important thing. Like I thought I was making good choices. And then when you start diving into it, and as you start learning, you know, as I wanted to know more about proteins and carbs and what what they do for your body and why you need them and when and things like that, I was able to make some adjustments and just figuring out there's things I like. I don't have to give up. There's a better choice though, right? Like mm-hmm. you have two yogurts, you can pick this one or this one, and they're extremely different. Um it was little things that make a huge difference that i just wish everybody knew you know um and like i, I eat normal food i eat normal meals like you don't ha- you aren't eating out of a, a styrofoam package you know what i mean like you're right. not, you know everything's not a protein drink that's pre-mixed or a bar off the shelf like i figured out some meals that worked that i really liked that i could just hone in on um and that and that didn't happen either probably till like six months you know like every it started out like i figured out i could eat a tuna sandwich i could still have bread and it was like all right, this is a win. And that felt good for two or three months. And then it was like, Oh, wait, I can have some rice. Oh, I'm having salmon and rice now all the time. You
2: know, or it can, can be so frustrating for me sometimes as a gym owner when people are like, I'll share something and they'll be like <laughs> wait a minute, I can have a potato. And I'm like, who said you couldn't? Because I didn't say that you couldn't. I didn't, you know, I said that you need to measure it, make sure you're eating the portion that you need and pair it with other stuff. But like, you didn't hear that from me. You didn't hear from me. You couldn't eat bread. You didn't hear from me. you Couldn't eat rice. So yeah, I know we just, the feral's nutrition is almost so simple that we try to make it more complicated than it needs to be. And it really is so simple but it's not easy that's for sure like you still have to put the time and the effort to learn those things um and sometimes you don't see you don't know that until you can fit it into your own kind of day your own life and your own meals but that doesn't happen immediately just like you didn't weren't able to do the warm up immediately it took you a couple weeks pl- or more to be yep. able to feel comfortable and confident and on beat with that warm up nutrition's the exact same way. I don't know why we're so hard on ourselves when it comes to to nutrition, when that's the one thing we have the control over.
1: That's because I, I feel like all of the quick <laughs> fix type things that are out there and fad diets yeah. and this is new and that is new is so restrictive. Yeah. So when, when we're telling like, no, when, we
2: want you to eat yeah, food. When
1: Lisa tells you like, hey, you need to be eating 18 1900 calories you're like, what I, I can't I, there's no way I can eat that much food this is ridiculous there's, right there's no way I can lose a hundred pounds eating this much food yeah. it's impossible because we're just drilled into our brain of oh it needs to be low carb low calorie so mm-hmm. when we explain the nutrition it almost seems like it's too good to be true <laughs> so it there has to be some catch to it yeah
2: but there's not, we know it, you know it, we all know it, but. I mean, and
3: I would, I would get excited on my in-bodies. You know, the other thing is, you know, I tell people you want to build muscle, not because you want to look good, but then you can eat more food. Right. Yes. So yeah. every time I did it in body and like my calories went up, I was like, <laughs> you know, so my muscle was going up and I was losing yeah. fat, it was like, I just won the world series. I got an extra 200 calories, you know, um, yes. <laughs> things like that. I mean, it's a game changer, you know, and Lisa does a great job with our nutrition here. Um, I will say she really pushed me to try some things. Like I had never eaten a salad in my entire life and now I crave it. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I was afraid of.
2: Jeff doesn't <laughs> eat salads. Don't worry. Like, yeah, it, it's, like it's amazing. You just haven't eaten the right salad. Trust me.
1: I drink mine. He
2: drinks it. <laughs> he does. He blends it up and drinks it. You, you will eat salad, but you.
1: Yeah, no, I would. I, I like like. Uh...
2: Spinach with chicken and apples. Yeah, yeah it, I know. You'll good. eat some
1: salad. I can eat that.
2: When was the last time you ate that? It's been years. I guarantee you it's been years. Yeah,
1: it's been a while since (laughs) I've eaten that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it has. But you're right though. Like as you start eating new things, you start to learn that you like things that you didn't think that you used, you didn't used to like. So that's true. Peppers is one for me and tomatoes. I don't like tomatoes by themselves, but once I realized I can integrate them into my cooking in such a diverse way that it just made it, it opened up a whole new like possibility for, for food. Um, But yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. You definitely have to kind of work your way into it. So you finished your 10 weeks. What made you decide to take on the national challenge? What made you decide to do that?
3: Um, Well, we pretty much tell all of our 10-weekers that they should do it. Um, And that's the message I got. I wasn't special at the time. It's not that anybody thought I was great and I needed to do it, or I was even going to be around at the end of a year um, we encourage all of our people to do it. So I was like anybody else. I mean, I think there was probably 30 people in my class and Lisa told everybody to sign up for it. Um, and I did, but it was more of like, uh, because you want four extra in-body scans, you want four check-ins throughout the year. And I was starting to feel good, but like week 17 and 2025 is like really when I started to catch momentum. Um, you know, like when my body had changed enough where it didn't hurt to exercise anymore. You know what I mean? Like where everything Mm -hmm. wasn't jiggling and flopping around. Like um, I was starting to feel a little bit more comfortable in my own clothes. Like I still wasn't talking to a ton of people at the gym. I was still pretty embarrassed, you know, like get into my workout, head down, come back the next day. Um, But somewhere around six months, I started to really, you know, catch the spark and I couldn't be stopped. So, you know, like I got the momentum and like probably August, August ish. I started to think like, I have a, I have a shot at this. Like I started saying, I want to lose hundred pounds. You know, I didn't know what it took take would take to win the national challenge. I didn't know a whole lot about it. Um, but I kept saying, if I could lose hundred pounds, if I could say I lost hundred pounds, that's a big number. Um, and so that kind of was the, the driving thing in the back of my head. I was like, I want to lose hundred pounds. Um, that's the only way I thought I could win the challenge is if I lost hundred pounds and, but I was feeling so good. And like, I had a lot of other stress and personal stuff going on in my life that like, I needed the exercise. I needed the outlet. The best 45 minutes of my day was here at the gym, you know, like, and then I started to feel so good. Like I'd show up to class half an hour, four, minutes early, and I would run around outside the gym. I'd run two or three miles and then go to kickboxing, you know, or I would start going to class in the morning and then come back at night. Um, but it was, it was my sanity, you know, If it, it mm-hmm. felt good. It was what I needed. It didn't even feel like work at the time. Like it was my saving grace. Like, I mean, I know not everybody's is there mentally. But like, for me, it really was like the best part of my day, like the part I had control over. And like, towards the end of that challenge, I just kept saying like, if I work hard enough, I should get this, like, there's no reason. Like if I want it, if I put in the work, then I should get it. Um, and I had that, and it got that mentality and I, I couldn't shake it. Like I'm doing this, I'm, I'm gonna make it happen. And part of it is like, you know, by like eight, seven, eight, nine months, people around the gym started to take me like seriously or crazy, you know, like they joked that I was crazy, you know, they would joke about me being outside running laps in the dark, you know, um, but they all pushed me, right? Like, and then it got to the point where I didn't want to let them down, you know, they, everybody started saying, like, you have to, you're gonna win this, like, you're amazing, you know, whatever, and then it's, I started to get the pressure, which was good, I can handle it, I've been on teams before, but like, I wanted it, like, then I was like, I don't want to let these people down, like, I want to do it for our gym family, I want to do it for Lisa, like, I know it's huge for, know getting leads in for facebook like the marketing piece is huge if i could win this like and i wanted her to be able to say she had two national champions like so then when i started to think like i have one shot at this i need to close the deal um i was dialed in you know but a lot of it was like my this gym is amazing like i know that pharaoh's is great for this but our community i put it against anybody's like it's amazing like you walk in the door everybody greets you everybody's happy everybody wants you to get results you know, it, it's not, we're not even competitive with each other. Like we know we can all win together. Like, and when one of us is successful, the you know, it motivates somebody else. So um, I really wanted it just for the bragging rights. Like the $10,000 didn't mean anything. It really didn't. I, I, you know, like it was more like, I want to prove it to myself and this family. And like, I want this.
2: So. It's interesting because when we talked to Mark, the, fem- or the male yeah. winner that came from our gym, his motivations were the exact opposite he was the producer on our radio show and he started because he wanted to do it for us he thought it'd be good content for the show Mm -hmm. he wanted to do it for and it was probably a very similar timeline where when you started deciding that you wanted to do it for the gym mark decided that he wanted to do it for himself so it's interesting how you guys had different motivations but that's what helped kind of changing that perspective a little bit um kind of gave you both that extra push. So it's kind of interesting to hear that because yeah. his was the exact opposite. He for the longest time he was doing it for us. He was doing it for the show. He was doing it for the gym and stuff like that and then it became a point where he was like, "No, I'm doing this for me." And so that was that's kind of interesting how yeah, yeah. how that switches. But everyone has a different journey, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So
1: All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back and continue this awesome conversation with Tina McNamara, the Ferrells National Challenge Champion. So we'll be right back on 93.7 The Ticket Fitness Fanatics.
0: Now back to Fitness Fanatics on 93.7 The Ticket and ticketfm.com.
1: All right, welcome back into The Fitness Fanatics. We are joined. By Tina McNamara, the 2023 female national barrels champion. Mm -hmm. You see, they got, if you're watching on the stream, she has her check back there. Did you try to go cash that like Happy Gilmore (laughs) did?
3: Uh, I brought it home to show the kids and they were pretty excited.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So, what a lot of times people don't know about the national challenge. So, you started your barrel's journey in january of 2022 so you would have wrapped up your national challenge in march of 23 right yep so then you had to go all the rest of that time maintaining your results in anticipation of being awarded Eleven months later, right? That, because that you didn't check.
1: you didn't want to look like your day one picture <laughs> yeah. with Lance coming in to give and you, you a you, check. We all know that could have dollars.
2: happened, and that could have happened <laughs> <Yeah>. faster than <laughs> it took you to to become that after picture. And so, what was that like? So you finished your nas- you finished your year, and I mean, I feel like you felt like you did everything that you could do, and then you had to wait for the rest of that time. But what was that like trying to help? Like, what did you do to help maintain those results? Because I actually think, and Mark started in March of that year. So he had about six months, right? He finished
1: in June of He finished in June. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, honestly, I think the longer you have to maintain that, the more successful you're going to be in the long run. So it's probably the best timing for you because you still had that in the back of your head. But what was that like for you all of that time waiting to find uh-huh. out if, you, if it had paid off?
3: That's a good way to look at it because it it was hanging over my head. Like I thought, if I actually do end up winning, I don't want them to show up to give me the check and be like, "Where's she? As yeah,
1: we can't find her." Where she
3: <laughs> yeah. is. Um, so that was motivating all year long for sure because I wanted to. I want. I mean, I, this isn't like a temporary thing. Like this is this is who I want to be. You know, I keep saying the big prize, not the ten thousand dollars, is if in five years, ten years. I still look like this, right? Like there's mm-hmm. no more yo-yo diets, no more fads, no more roller coaster. Like this is who I want to be, you know, every day going forward. Um, you know, maybe not at, at that body fat, but somewhere around there, healthy. You know what I mean? And feeling good about myself. I mean, the biggest thing is feeling good about myself. Um,
2: but yeah, I I, believe- I think it's important though, too, for people to realize because so many times with media, social media, especially, you're constantly being inundated with people's after pictures, because obviously, you know, if you're an influencer or whatever, and you get down to your lowest body fat percentage, you're going to create so much content at that, at that weight or body type. And then you get to put that content out there forever. But people don't realize that when you have such a huge transformation like that, you still have to find a balance. It probably wasn't realistic for you to just walk around for the rest of your life looking like that after picture. But you need to define the balance where like Harrison can't talk, stop talking about your arms and how ripped your arms are. <laughs> the ribs <laughs> you know, he is in awe. He's like, she could beat me up. So <laughs> you know. <laughs>
3: well, I will I
2: will say that I actually
3: think that I'm in better shape and have better muscles now than I did. When I tested it out. Yes. Yeah. That's
2: so important because that was the same thing with Mark. When he took his after picture, his after picture looked great, but man, he, his energy was so depleted to get to that point. Um, so that is, what's great about the entire journey of the national challenge, because you get to be the face of like worst case scenario, best case scenario and real life all yeah. in one package. Yep. So like, where did you find that balance?
3: Uh, well, once I tested out of my national challenge, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I took a job working for Lisa as a studio manager here in Hudson. Um, and it was exactly what I needed. You know, I said I was so unhappy staying at home. So, um, you know, I didn't realize how happy and how good I feel about myself helping other people. Like, I really think it's my calling, you know, like Ferrell's has given me so much and that so much of it was unexpected. You know, things I didn't even know I was getting, um, But taking the role as a studio manager and sales and doing all the lead stuff. I mean, I want everybody to feel this way. I want everybody to have a chance to be this person, right? So it's so easy to come to work every day because I am so passionate about it. Like, um, I drank the Kool-Aid and it was delicious. (laughs) And and I want everybody to have an opportunity to do that. Um, So once I started working here and then I became an instructor, um, and I worked super hard to become an instructor because, like I said, I had no coordination. Like, I'd still be pretty embarrassed if you guys showed up to take my kickboxing class like i think i think i'm a pretty good instructor but like the warm-up still i get nervous i get nervous every time
2: nobody leaves the class and thinks (laughs) man that class was terrible that warm-up was (laughs) the worst nobody cares i mean (laughs) obviously you want to do your best but like that's the least thing to be worried about honestly as long as you got them moving and got their sweat worked up it's no, what it, happens after the warm-up. That's so where like, the magic
3: happens. And then teaching strength training classes. Like, you know, that I really like that. Like, it, it's I, it's super fun. Like, I love Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays. Like, my favorite days of the week. Um, Me too. Which, you know, when you're in your 10 weeks, everybody hates those days. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell our 10-weekers, too. Like, I dreaded the strength training days. I'd be laying on the mat in the back during donkey kicks. Like, you know, like. <laughs> I don't want to do this.
2: <laughs> you know? I don't be here.
3: Or that extra 15 minutes on Saturdays. I don't know about you guys, but our strength training yeah, yeah, an an floor, yep. and it was brutal. I mean, I would look at the clock. Like I was a fourth grader in math class. Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, how is there still this much time left? You know, like, um, and now I wish there was more time. I keep asking for longer classes. So, um, you know, during that year, I've had so much development professionally and personally, like in changes that like, it was kind of easy to keep the weight off. And like um. I just, I, it's it's a lifestyle now. Like it's who I want to be. And, you know, in this role, like I need to, you know, I want to practice what I preach. I want to say what I do. You know what I mean? I want to do what I say. Like, you know, I want to be, if I'm telling you to do something, I want to be doing it too. Um, So, you know, and like um, it hasn't been that hard to keep it off. I got really stressed out at the end, this last few months. Like, you know, somebody's put a little doubt in my head, like, what if you don't win? Like, you know, what if it was all for nothing? And I had that was never thought
2: hard. Like, that was hard for us, too, because we had a couple people people um, that did really well in the national challenge and just kind of trying to, like, be supportive, but also be like it was hard. It was hard for us just being on the sidelines, like trying to coach Mark and AJ and Kane and Kirsten, like through that last little bit like you don't you want them to be excited but you it was almost like for us um, it's kind of like you're you're sending your kid out into the game and you're just like oh gosh I want them to score but what if they you know what if they don't and so as the ones on the sideline it is it's stressful for us so I can only imagine how people were probably trying to prepare you for both
3: well yeah and that's just it I didn't expect that you know like nobody warned me how you know, how crazy I would be the last two months mentally. Like I was all over the board. Like, um, and part of it is we had so many members coming up to me like, did you win? When are they going to say you won? Did you lose? Did they announce it? And I'm like, no, I don't know. No, they haven't. I don't know. You know, like, and the questions and then, you know, the fear the doubt, like, should I have done more? Could I have done more? I knew I couldn't have done more, but like, I, I also knew I had one shot at it and I wanted it so bad. Like, I just wanted to be able to say that You know my whole tagline of if you want it bad enough and you work hard enough there's no reason you shouldn't get it there's nothing that should stand in your way and like i just wanted you know to be able to say it's true you know what i did it i wanted it i worked as hard as i possibly could and it happened so like when lance showed up that day with a check i was just like i was like i wanted to get on my knees i was just like yes it's over i mean (laughs) the amount of weight coming off my shoulders like just, it's, it was stressful. It was, I'm not going to lie. It was super stressful. And then, and like to do something for myself as an adult, it felt completely different. Like to say that like all the sacrifices I made were worth it at the end of the day. And even if I didn't win, I knew that I had still won, you know, and that's what people had told me. Like, you you know, they started to say, you know, you, it might, you might lose, it might all come crumbling down, but you just have to know that you won, you know, like you won for yourself. And that that is
2: a famous Lance Farrell line. I use it at every 10 week party. He's, he said at one point dec a decade ago long time ago if you think that you won you already have that is the thing and i say that to our members too like if you think that you won you've already won just thinking that you've you had a chance thinking that you did everything that you could Um, and i think that national challenge people see the ten thousand dollars and it's like wow ten thousand dollars because at our ten week parties i always say because you know, we have a $1,000 winner and I always say $1,000 is like day-changing. You're not really changing your life if you win $1,000. You're changing your life by becoming healthy, establishing new habits, exercising every day, eating more vegetables and eat, getting that protein. And that's life-changing. $1,000 is kind of day-changing. But I think for the most part, people just from the outside looking in, they see that $10,000 check, but they don't realize how unimportant like you said how unimportant that actual money was for you at the end and it was really just the acknowledgement the recognition that this is what your hard work has produced it's not even about the money necessarily
3: yeah and, that, and that's 100 true like i still don't know i'm of the money like it's never been about the money and i think lisa said you know something similar at our 10-week parties you know if it's about the money those people don't have long lasting results you know if they're just in it for the game it doesn't last Right.
2: You know, There's and much never, better ways to get a better return on your investment. There's much better ways to earn a thousand dollars in 10 weeks than to do ferals, to put the blood and the sweat right. and the tears and the meal prep into 10 weeks of working out. There's, you can make a thousand dollars other ways, much easier.
3: <laughs> yeah, social, yeah. So I still don't know what I'm gonna do with the money. Like I have five kids. I, I'm realistic. 10 grand doesn't go that far with five kids. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you know, it was never about that, but like the the things I've gained from the program, like, you know, like I can't, there's no value on it. You know, there's, there's no value on it. Like it's, it's, it's the mental, like the being able to look at people, talk to people to be able to put on clothes every day and like, know that it's going to fit and like not have panic attacks where I'm taking off every sweater in the closet and nothing looks good. And oh my gosh, please don't let anybody in my family die because I have no funeral clothes. Like, Mm -hmm. like knowing that, like you know, that like I can put on something and I'm confident. I'm, you know, this afternoon my daughter is in hockey. We have moms versus mites. You know, two years ago, the idea of participating in that game would be like, no way. I can't skate. I can't do that. Like I'm so out of shape. You know, and today it's like I can't wait to go score 10 goals on her. You know, I've been talking crap all week. Like, <laughs> really? you're you know, yeah. So um things like that. It, it it's just been it's been so great. Like, um, I'm so thankful for the program, honestly, and like this gym community, like. Without Lisa and without all the members here, there's there's no way this would have been possible.
1: Yeah, but. let's let's talk about the program. Um, it, what amazes me is that, like, we have our ferals here in Lincoln, Nebraska. You guys are in Hudson, Wisconsin, and there's locations all over the country. And you could walk into any ferals
2: tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Any you, ferals location, we're all doing the same thing.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. and you could go ask Kickboxing. any any of the members like. What what's the secret sauce of Ferrell's, and they'll tell you it's the members, yeah, it's the, the community, fam- the community, the family atmosphere, and that's just something that's created. Whether you're in Lincoln or you're in Hudson, which is really cool. So talk about those relationships that that because you you started the only person you knew was your sister, and then here we are two years later. <laughs> and look at how many friends and best friends that you've met along the way. Well,
2: and you said, I mean, you were six months in before you really started to kind of come out of your shell too. Yeah. So like, how did that change? Because we try to get our members to engage with other people and that's a big part of it. So once you started kind of dialing into the social aspect of that, how did that change for you too? Cause that's yeah. the big part of it.
3: Yeah. Like in the beginning, you know, when I was hundred pounds heavier, I didn't have any confidence, you know, and I didn't want to be judged like my coaches, you know, how each 10 weeker has 10 uh, coaches. Mm -hmm. I had Julie and Lori as my coaches. And, you know, they would send emails, text messages, talk to me at class. Um, But even then it was very minimal. Like, Nope, I'm fine. I don't need anything, you know, never look Mm up. Um, And like that around that six month point, my coach, Julie, who had known me since day one, you know, she came up and she said, you never spoke, you know, you never talked. And now I look at you and you could be running this place. And that was before I ever worked here. She just said, you could run this gym. Like you, you know, like she saw a change in me before I even realized that it had happened. Um, And you know, that happens all the time here. Like I didn't want the mental part. I didn't want friends. I'm a person who says like, I need like one friend. I I don't need 20 people to stay in contact with or ask me to do stuff. And I have to make up excuse while I can't. (laughs) Um, But now it's like, I want to be around these people. Like I realize that we all have the same goals and like they're healthy, happy relationships. You know what I mean? Like, it's different than relationships outside of the gym. Um, and and you don't know you're getting that. And a lot of people come in and they don't think they want that or they want to only be virtual. And I'm like, you need to come into the gym. That's where the value is. That's what makes us successful. Um, so yeah, that was a game changer. And when my coach recognized that in me, before I even saw it, um, yeah. And that, and that's part of the reason I wanted to win the challenge. I wanted to be like, I can do it. I want you guys all to do it. I will coach you. I will help you. I will do anything I can to make you successful. Like, um, so,
2: Mm -hmm. yeah it's a big part and sometimes it's hard sometimes you're not quite ready yet to come out of your square you know because all of our mats have squares so like you want to just stay in your square as much as possible and at some point you got to come out of that square a little bit and just test the water and anything can happen I mean Lisa
3: will tell a story about me like to new members she used to have to walk up to me on the mat and she would pick my chin up like during strength Mm -hmm. training especially she'd pick my head up and be like look at yourself and and, and this went on for months, you know, mm-hmm. like where I was staring at the floor, doing bicep curls, looking at the floor. And she'd be like, look up. And I, and I didn't want to. But she never gave up on me, you know, like she knew there was more in me before I did. Um, so, it was, it, you know, like there was people who carried me along the way till I was ready to run on my own. And um, I needed it like I needed it. It made it made this possible. Like and I am I can't imagine living life and never getting to experience what I've experienced like. And just to know that I, I did it like, and how hard it is, but you can do it and like anybody can do it. Like mm-hmm. if I could do it, you know, the other day I was, there's a video of me, a uh, reel of me on Facebook where I was teaching a strength training class and Lisa brought her out to the front of the room with me. And I was <laughs> and I was doing a set, you know, I don't remember if it was a lower body set or upper body set, but it was so hard. Like in this body that I'm in now, I was struggling. Like it was a burnout set or something. and I, And I was like, holy cow. And like, I got up and I went to her and I was like, how did you ever do this? Like to know that like in this shape, you know, I was able to do that same workout. You know, the classes don't change. They repeat every 10 weeks, you know, and the think, like you, this person battled through that. And it's so hard for me now where I think I'm in great shape, but she, mm-hmm. she did it, you know, and she never quit, like showed up every week. So, um For those of
2: our listeners who aren't looking on a screen, we've talked about this, but Lisa has a cutout, has two cutouts behind her, her before picture and her after picture. So she's talking to her before picture right now, if you're listening on the radio. I forget that that it's radio. Yeah. So it's not like Lisa did not just bring someone or no, (laughs) Lisa didn't bring someone up (laughs) to like compare. She brought the cutout up. Yeah, Yeah. she (laughs) brought a a cutout of
1: Tina up to the
2: front. But yeah, (laughs) yes. But you're right. The workouts are the same, you know, and you have just become a different person every 10 weeks. That's what I love about the National Challenge, too, because you get to become a different version of yourself through every part of the year. You have to navigate everything in that year. You have to navigate, um, you know, the holidays. You have to navigate back to school. You have to navigate everything that happens in that year. And you are becoming a different person every single 10 weeks. And that's just really cool for you to be able to reflect on that kind of like in real time and like see that, have that visual reminder.
3: Well, that's just it. Every 10 weeks I learn something new, you know, even two and a half years in, like there's still things I pick up on. Like, um, we never stop learning. Right. It's just like, Mm -hmm. I can handle a little piece here. I can handle a little piece here. I'm ready to learn more. I'm ready to get better at this. Um, that's the great thing about the program is like, that's why members have been here for seven years, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, they're still learning, you know, our our fit members still learn something new every time we show a new 10 week how to do something. So
2: new level 10, new level 10.
1: We, uh, we do have a, a text from Ben Garver, one of our okay. loyal listeners. listeners. Yep. He said, this is what he wants on a shirt quote that Tina said. Mm. This is who I want to be. Tina McNamara. Yeah. He said, I want this quote on a shirt. It is awesome.
2: <laughs> yep. That's awesome.
1: But we're going to take a break. We'll have a short segment and we'll wrap things up with Tina mm-hmm. on
0: 93 7 The Ticket, The Fitness Fanatics. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Now back to Fitness Fanatics on 93 7 The Ticket and the TicketFM.com. All
1: right. We've got a few minutes left wrapping up this episode, which has been awesome. If you missed any part of the show, you can check us out on any podcast platform. Uh, the ticketfm.com you can check that out nicole had uh, one final thing she wanted to talk we did. to have two about. things actually two so, things. so we, gotta we hustle, don't hustle. have very
2: much time because which i love this about us about all of us um, we've talked about your transformation but we haven't talked about stats at all so why don't you Ooh, tell yes, us your official stats which we all know everything that you've done and the changes you've made and all that stuff is so much more important but people want to know like so let's Tell us your stats, your weight loss, your inches, all that stuff.
3: Well, I don't have it in front of me, but I will. I uh, go off the top of my head. Uh, I know it's like ninety-three point something pounds. I didn't mm-hmm. quite hit the hundred.
2: I don't think I actually could have lost hundred pounds. Where would hundred yeah, pounds so. have come from on that after picture? Your biceps would have been smaller if you would have had, tried <laughs> to you would have lost muscle. Yeah, I mean, I would have had big, big,
3: bigger to start with, I think. Um, but I came as close as I could, so ninety, almost ninety-four pounds. Um, I think fifty-six inches lost um and then you know my body fat went from 40 I think 48 percent down to 8.9
2: wow that's and, awesome yeah it's right around 13 right now um, which feels a little bit better um, yeah, that's a healthy very healthy um, um, place to be yeah um, awesome. oh go ahead no go ahead Most of my last question is, so be as a mom of five, how has that, how has your journey in the last two years, how has that kind of changed how you interact with your kids or like, what do your kids think about it? What are the ages of your kids? And like, how has that changed the dynamic of you as a mom and how that you've been able to interact with them?
3: Um, it's been a game changer for sure. Um, my kids are 14 all the way down to, she just turned five. Um, And they're all about eighteen months apart. Um, Anyways, they are so proud of me. I didn't. They were never embarrassed about me before, right?
2: Yeah. Because you were uh, mom. You were were mom. I was
3: their mom. They they knew I loved them, but they didn't brag about me or talk about me the way they do now. Like, Mm -hmm. and it feels good, you know. Like, you know, they watch Batman the movie, the Lego movie, and Batman has a nine pack, and they'll be like, "My mom has a nine pack," you know, or like. or like you know they'll joke like you know i'll talk in at bed and my son will say stop flexing on me and i'm like i'm not flexing <laughs> <laughs> um just things like that like you know they were they love me no, in either body right but like i'm more confident now i want to be in photos i have more photos with them now like than i ever had you know what i mean like that's mm-hmm. just the confidence you know or like going to teacher conferences and not being embarrassed that like you know i have these awesome kids but i'm not taking care of myself things like that like you don't even think about um and like I snowboard with my kids and I couldn't bend over and buckle my bindings. Like it was like a 10 minute ordeal and God forbid I fell down because how am I going to get up, you know? And mm-hmm. now I race my 14 year old, like who can get their bindings on faster? Um, things like that. Or like, you know, like I said, playing moms versus mites today in hockey. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to skate circles around them. I can't wait. Um, so mm-hmm. that's it's been a game changer for that, uh, for sure. Like and just thinking about what I'm eating and what I'm feeding them, you know, like I didn't feed them terrible food before, but now I'm thinking like, yeah, why am I giving you you know, pure sugar? I would never eat that. You know, I would never think to put that in my body now that I know better. I didn't know better before, right? Mm
0: -hmm. And I don't
3: expect them not to eat McDonald's or things like that or donuts here and there. But like it does make me think twice a little bit like what am I feeling them with and expecting them to accomplish during the day.
2: Yeah, Um, they're gonna be so much ahead of the curve of where we were, you were as they get older that's what i love about it our son who's 17 now was six months old when i started feral so he's kind of grown up around it like i said he's 17 year old he's 17 now and he works in fast food so his diet's pretty uh typical of a 17 year old boy but um like our daughter she's 20 and she'll go out with her friends and they'll they'll stay somewhere overnight and she will be like they'll wake up and her friends will just want to go get coffee. And she's like, no, I need protein. I need to eat a real meal. I can't start my day with just caffeine, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's just cause she's grown up around it for so long. It would be like, what are you eating for breakfast? And she'd grab something. I'm like, no, you need to have some protein with that. And so that's such a cool thing that you've been able to introduce to your kids on accident. Like you're yeah. just there along for the ride, which is so great. Yes.
3: It's been, it's been great for all of us. Um, you know, it's been hard though. I mean, they know that I'm at the gym. They'll be like, are you teaching tonight? Are you, what time are you going to be home? You know, like it's, it's a lot of sacrifice, but like I needed it for myself and I know that they'll appreciate that someday. And I, when they are growing up and they have their own families, I want them to know that their self-care and their self-worth is just as important
2: as their kids. Hope like, they'll be able to prioritize their health exactly. as well. Yeah. That's awesome. All right.
1: Well, yep. we're going to wrap this up. Any final advice for people out there thinking, what, what am I supposed to do? How, how, I mean, just any, yeah. any lasting advice for people.
3: Well, I just think when you catch that spark, you have to run with it. If you feel like working out today or you call and ask for information, you join that day. Right. Cause it might not come back for five years. You know, it might not come back ever again. Like I think like I took that opportunity and I ran with it and I didn't, I didn't look back, you know, no. like you, when you get that urge to do something, whether it's a new job, a relationship, anything working out, you know, you have to do it right then and there because you don't know when it's going to come back. Like,
2: Awesome. Great advice. Great advice. Well, thank you,
1: Tina. It's been so much fun. We'll be in touch down the road.
2: Yeah.